Hey everybody, welcome to episode 110 of It's Just Bodybuilding. Myself, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, and we have a lot of Instagram and YouTube questions for you today. I guess this is our Halloween episode of It's Just Bodybuilding. going on guys just living the dream and, and looking forward to we got we got things to go over we got shows again to talk about yeah and re- before we do that i gotta make scott happy we gotta like share subscribe comment ring the bell nice there you go dusty <laughs> delayed that kind of like when a guy goes up for a slam dunk but he hesitates for a second <laughs> just to make the crowd just like hang and then he slams it boom Dramatic. Exactly. I, I wanted to like. I wanted to be my moment, like separate from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's separated. Okay, I totally get that. I understand that. Yeah. Trying to get, I'm trying to get centered. Scott gives us such a narrow little sliver. It's hard to fit my giant head in. There you go. You're just a big man. That's all you can do. So, uh, what's going on, Dusty? How has your week been since last episode? You know, life is stressful. I. Uh, do whatever I want. Yeah, no, there's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever have a great answer for that because it's always, even when it's not good, I'm like, really? This is, this is good. No, it's been, uh, it's been very solid and I'm, you know, it's weird. I know that we're closing. It's like the season is starting to close out in bodybuilding and I feel like it just started because we just had the Arnold hmm. and then we just had the right. Olympia. It doesn't seem right that now that I'm getting amped for bodybuilding, it's almost over. I think, well, there are two shows left. Like, two in overseas, I think. That's it, right? Or the, yeah, I think there's one or two left, and that's it. We're done with bodybuilding. It's terrible. But then the Arnold <clears throat> is going to be around the corner. So what's the first show of the year on the schedule? What's the very first show? Like, January 1st turns over the calendar, and then what's the first pro show? I mean, it used to be the Iron Man, which I kind of miss. Yeah. Which should come back for sure. And then it was the Flex Pro, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Flex Pro. Yes. And that was the same show. They just changed sponsors and it was a Flex Pro for a while. But, you know, I guess magazines aren't really having shows anymore. (laughs) Exactly. I wonder why. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. So let's dive right in to the topic at hand. Yes. This is the first topic on my sheet. We have to address it. So last week, we were asked a casual and innocent question, who is a real giant killer? Oh, yeah. And based on the information we had at the time and what was going on in bodybuilding, <laughs> we had a friendly, friendly conversation and we narrowed it down. Obviously, the two names that were left, we easily discarded all the other names um, and it was Lee Priest and uh, then Sean Clarita was mentioned. And those were the two guys we were talking about. And I mentioned how Lee had beat Ronnie and, you know, Marcus and, you you know, Gunter. And we all kind of talked about that. And then now this weekend, Clarita entered the Legion Open and he won an open show. So how do you feel about the win and how do you feel about the lineup? And what did you think of the show? I thought the show was awesome. 
I thought the line, I mean, I think the lineup is deep. The biggest thing that, uh, that I brought up, I already sent to you guys was seeing names like said, uh, and Patrick in a second call out hurt my soul a little bit, but also tells you how good the first call out was, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm distracted by looking at, uh, Sean from the back here. It's frightening. It's mind blowing. Um, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it's, you know what's crazy though, um, as far as just getting to the, the point for me, I think Sean may have been better than he was at the Olympia, um, <laughs> but he, he's bigger. You can definitely see he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like he, he appears to be bigger, but again, that's in the picture by himself. Where I lose it myself is standing between two two hundred sixty pound, six foot tall men. Um. Because, as, and this is what sucks, anybody who follows our show will be like, oh, he doesn't like Sean. Sean is actually the only person of those three that I personally know and like. And, you know, hell, I list him as the top person I'd want to train with uh, would be yeah, Sean. Yeah, he did. But for me, we can't ignore structure. And that's, in my opinion, what's happening. Because if you go back to the Olympia and look at who won the 212 and the open structure and size outmassed yeah. conditioning. You know what I mean? So then you fast forward yeah, a couple of weeks. Paramount. Yeah. And now you fast forward a couple of weeks and now the size gap is way more drastic. I mean, we're talking about almost a hundred pounds. Um, and now the conditioning and don't get me wrong. I mean, his shape, every, he maximizes his physique, but now we're flip-flopping and saying, that's the stuff that matters the most. And that's a little tricky for me because alone, I think Sean looks the best for sure. But once you put him between those two, I have a hard time letting him beat either one of them. Um, and I do love his physique, but that's just my view because it does seem like you have to have one or the other. Had Sean won the Olympia and Hottie won the Open Olympia and then Sean came and won this, I'd be like, well, yeah, it all, it all lines up. What we've been doing. You know what I mean? Right. So it's sort of a judging, like a judging inconsistency in a way that you think you're seeing here is, is what you're, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's a different lineup. It's a different, you know, yes, those things are all true, but in the big roundabout thing, size trumped for sure at the Olympia. And now it didn't, now it flipped. You know, and right. I think that the disparity in size is bigger at this show than it was at the Olympia. Like, I don't feel that Sean looked small next to Derek. No, know? it was just but, a, like a shoulder width thing. It didn't even seem yeah. like a 50 pound thing. It was like a shoulder width thing. Yeah. Whereas here, I mean, you know, just pure structure. He looked small next to them. You know what I mean? So it's just an interesting thing. I, I think the it's it's funny reading the comments. I'd love to see how many people want to cut my head off in this uh, comments of this episode or how many people love me because that's what I saw on the IFBB page was, yeah, 30% of the people were like, hell yeah, this is what the sport needed. And then the rest of them, they were like, are you fucking kidding me? How does that happen? So what, what do you guys think when you're in that regard? Well, I think the one thing that sticks out for me in in this situation where you're comparing the judging at the olympia is um the sean did absolutely out condition everyone at this show 
For sure. You know, like Regan improved from the Olympia, but he still was nowhere near the freak show Sean was in like the striations and the, the crunchiness through the glutes and and how tight and full. And, um, you know, Sean, Sean has Sean has so much more density to his physique than any of those guys that he was compared to at this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like maybe that's the reason that he was able to pull ahead. Like Sergio wasn't Olympia level ready for this show. Like he wasn't as hard as he was at the O. He looked oh, fucking wow. big and full and round and, and Regan was improved. Um, and then another thing, if you ignore photos and watch video, mm-hmm. Clarita is putting on a master class of posing. Hmm. He, if you watch the comparisons in the video form, he just mm-hmm. like, he looks like everyone else is fidgeting around and breathing through their belly and like in between poses are like, you know, wiggling around and not flexed. And Clarita's like robotic and fluid at the same time, if that makes sense. He's like right. mechanically perfect with how he moves and everything. Like if he turns, that glute is locked. Hmm. If he If he moves, the hamstring is locked. If he... You know, like everything he does, he wasn't missing a single visible muscle. Um, and what, what I mean by that is whatever's facing the judges was on. You know what I mean? Um, whereas other guys were just not nearly the presentation, didn't have nearly the presentation Clarita had. I thought it was like very drastic. Like that final call out with the three of them where they were moving them around. I saw some video where like, you know, it, it, it just looked like he was he was on another level posing wise and presentation wise. So in person, I, again, like here we are, you know, it's bodybuilding is easy when you're looking at photos on Instagram. Right. (laughs) And, um, and, and, and then you get to the front row of the show and you're like, Oh fuck, you know, but, but I do see your point. Like if Clarita wins this, how come Hottie didn't win the O? Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, it, 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 it kind of begs some questions, you know, like, you know, they say, oh, all shows are going to be judged to the same standard based on who the champion of that division is. That's what it actually says in the rules. Hmm. Right. So, like, Chris Bumstead is seen because he's the champion. He's seen as the the perfect example of classic. So yeah, he's a standard. Yeah. He's a standard. You know, Rami is now the perfect example of men's open. That's literally <laughs> right. what the rules say. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, but you can't discount... Again, you know, uh, you can't discount that in-person effect. And maybe that's just what Sean overwhelmed people with was, like I said, the video I saw, I thought his posing was next level, head and shoulders above everyone else by far. And, you know, obviously the conditioning, uh, fantastic. But I do get what you're saying. The, the size difference was completely... He either... He either made up for it absolutely in person or it was ignored. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the two. That's, that's the thing that so I look at is when you when you look at the, the grand scheme, I think, and this is what's frustrating, I think, for a lot of fans and, and even for me as a fan, is um, what it allows you to do in anything subjective is pick and choose when you want to use it. You know, because, f- for example... And I don't disagree with you. And I think we've talked about this, Ron, where I placed one year terribly. And I thought looking at pictures, I'm like, gosh, I should have been third. Then I saw a video. I'm like, whoo, I'm lucky I got fifth. 
Like I was, right. you know, I was doing exactly what you're talking about, the breathing and all that. But on the flip, it is funny how they pick and choose because you take somebody like Ronnie, who obviously at his best is the best of all time, but was never a good poser. Then he would come in <laughs> off and pose terrible. And they were still like, that's enough. And he's so big. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it's very, it's, I think that's why it's, it's interesting because it does allow for you to argue and on both sides of it, you know, cause I don't disagree, but I think it's funny when I text you guys and, and Scott, you're the one that kind of pointed that out with uh, Sean and the 212. I would have been happier with this decision had Sean won the 212. Like even that, because the disparity, this is my thing. As soon as you said that, Scott, and just so anybody hasn't caught on yet, what he was talking about is, well, then how did Derek win? Derek, although shape is probably the best in the world, in my opinion, um, he doesn't outmass Sean like Regan does. And Regan has a very no. nice shape. So it's not like you're saying, oh, well, he's huge, but it's fucking ugly. Um, so that's possibly one little... of the most possibly one of the prettiest physiques in the entire men's open. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's very, <clears throat> it's very interesting standpoint. Like I said, it was a great point by you, Scott, because like that would have helped it make sense. Uh, and same thing with the open. So what I would say moving forward is if this is what they like, then please, dear God, stick to it. Because after seeing more video and more review that was better than what we saw in the live stream, I became less and less happy with Rami winning the Olympia. Hmm. So I would like to see that change go because it is something that the fans complain about. And now, I mean, I have to admit, like, I'm looking and going, man, I, I would have rather had Brandon or Hottie win the Olympia than him. So, you know, that was an interesting change of perspective. So if they go that route, I just hope they run with it because then, then I don't mind right. anymore. I on on you know to to add to it I I did love like I loved seeing him win an open show because of I think I think what Clarita should do is he's already won the 212 Olympia I'm sure he wants to win it back I get that he wants to get his title back mm. but aren't the checks a lot bigger in the open Hmm that's a good point Aren't a isn't second place third check place? plays out better than a first place. Check. Yeah. So are you? Yeah. So like, you know, how many times do you chase the 212 title if you've already won it when you know that like third place at the Tampa Pro, if you crack top three at the Tampa, you crack top three at the, you know, whatever show, the Dallas, you top, you, you know, you, you hit these other yeah. shows and you, you crack top three, maybe win a few of them. I mean, the motherfucker just won this one. Why can't he win another? It, it immediately becomes yeah. I was gonna say it immediately becomes something he can always do because maybe. Hey, and and <laughs> and also once. too, think of Sean, think of Sean's mindset. He just won an open show, so now he is like, I'm gonna win them all. Yeah, where's That's the limit? Do if you want to, where's the limit? Because he doesn't see limits. Because he's you know he's such an incredible example of overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I think this is gonna make. Sean Clarita extremely dangerous and it's going to make him realize he can make a lot of money in the open if he wants to. And I would love to see him be the first guy to do both the 212 and the open Olympia. That'd be badass. Right. That would be fantastic for his career. Like he would be the first to ever do it, possibly the only to ever do it for a long period of time. 
Um, obviously the 212 happens first, you know, Friday, they have the 212, right? Like how does it work Friday morning? Is do they allow for you to do them on the same year though? I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel I like don't you know. can do them on the same. <laughs> Has I, anybody I, tried? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, the, reason I, the reason I'm pretty sure of it is because they don't let figure or, or um, mm. figure or say like fitness crossover. Um, yeah, that's, I, I do get that because it's different. They're different sports. I, I see 212 and bodybuilding as the same sport. So I I'm, I understand they don't allow do crossovers. About, Ron would let him about? ride. Yeah, but what, what would you ride. say about then? Exemption, <laughs> exemption, <laughs> special president's exemption. Ron just wants what he wants. Because at the same time, I, just want I, mean, what I, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, disagree, I don't disagree. But if you look like, I think Missy could win figure shows all day long. Sure. Right. Right. You know, so that's the, you know, that's the question mark. Um, but I do also think like we, we discussed off the air that this does change. A lot of people have a really hard time digesting the idea that Flex, we, Flex Lewis could win mm. an Olympia. And I think that this makes people at least think about it. Like, well, yeah, maybe <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's cool. I'd love to see it happen. I mean, let's say they changed a rule or made an exception or he was allowed to do both. I would love to see that. He could just like come out for the 212 finals, throw on a different color trunks, come out for open prejudging. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be awesome? You know? Well, just like fucking well, just change his like number, put ask, his, his open number. I feel like they should just ask the competitors because knowing the guys, no one would say no. Right. Like, Nobody yeah, would ahead. say no. Go yeah. ahead. Like if yeah, you say no, that, that you're basically just admitting that he's going to take your money. So, and I I can't <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. I can't remember if it was here or somewhere else, but the question was brought up. You know, would the judges would they let Sean? You know, because we didn't know was was it going to be something where they made a statement and say to say like no, you're right. a two twelve guy, you know, something like that. Yeah. So we got our question yeah. answered to that one for sure. Yeah, because yeah. they do that with classic guys at the amateur level all the time. I see mm -hmm. that. I've seen that all the time. Like those be, you know, at the amateur level, you're allowed to enter both. You know what I mean? A lot of the shows. Yeah. Both. Yeah. You know, so they'll, they'll, they'll be like, well, this guy, this guy, you know, the judge will say to himself, the judge will say, this guy has more of a classic shape. So I'm going to put him here. Mm. But then he comes out for bodybuilding and they're like, well, I already put him second in classic. Yeah. I'm going to put him fifth in the open now to send a signal to him to stay classic. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Jeez. I feel it kind of goes. But, <clears throat> But they didn't do this. They didn't do all. that here. No. So anyways, congrats to Clarita. And um, I had to laugh. Uh, a lot of people remember that little video that Lee Priest sent you last week? Yes. Yeah. Where he was like, yeah. So I put that on my story and only like two people realized that was Lee's voice. Yeah. I need <laughs> to so send funny. him. He wanted that clip from last week. He saw that. Let me see if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can pull it up here or not. But Yeah, me. Interesting thing. Interesting thing. I was doing this personal introspection last night, guys. Because mm. you, you know how you know how Sean was saying, "I'm the real giant killer. I'm the real giant killer." Well, well, we were all joking around just for everyone. We were all joking around, like, "I wonder if that's directed at us because of last week's episode, right?" <laughs> yeah, and, uh, tag us, although, <laughs> although, yeah, although I find that uh, incredibly unlikely that that everyone watched last week's episode. So, um, but the the thing is about the. The, the giant killer thing is 
you know, the sheer body weight like this was all this was almost 100 pounds. That yeah. was unbelievable. You that, know, that, I heard reports he was 175. He's definitely if, if that's how you're looking at, it, then he's definitely the most the giant killer compared to everybody else. If we're going on so weight I discrepancy. Look, <laughs> I, I looked up. Uh, so just to give Lee Priest some credit, I looked up some stuff on Lee Priest after the episode. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. realize he beat he beat Ronnie Coleman five times oh, in nineteen ninety seven? The year he won the Olympia. The year before. No, yeah. he won it in ninety eight. So the year yeah. before Ronnie won the O, Lee Priest beat him five times in one year. Didn't he beat him also at the Olympia that year? Yeah. Yeah. Lee Priest yeah, was top six like that eighth year. or something. Yeah. Yeah, ninth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you got, I, I mean, what did Lee weigh? 200 pounds? So, you know, you got to give us a little bit of credit there. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great question. And obviously, it's kind of impossible to compare eras. It's like, who's the greatest bodybuilder? You know, who's better? Phil Heath with seven Olympias or Lee Haney with eight? Yeah. And it's right. like, well, yeah. Phil's physique is better, clearly. Right. You know, but you have to look at other factors, you know, so it's uh, it's, technology it's a great debate. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. As Ronnie would say, <laughs> I had the technology. I had the technology that, that Arnold didn't have. <laughs> you, know, you know, what is also and good for Sean that, that that I like is the fact that um, that's probably the best Regan's ever been. Oh, yeah. In, in my opinion. So no one can like throw. You know how people love to throw shade at anything. No one can say, wow. Yeah everybody was off like vegan right. in my opinion is the best he's ever been so good. Wh- whether or not you know the the back and forth to make sure no one's got any confusion is it's great to see him win and if he's gonna win i'm glad he beat a lot of really good guys that came in really well you know i yeah. mean because because we got yeah. like what martin got fourth is that right um who got who was the top five who who got what was i want to say he shit got i lost I lost memory of top five. I just so focused on that top three call out. And here come the negative comments. You comment we below. Comment with your comments. Comment below with what you think, uh, guys, about us. The top ten memorized. <laughs> we got so busy talking. I can't about remember the half three. their names. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> and I can't even spell his last name to look it up. Jesus, I'm a genius. But anyhow, point being is, there's a guy who I think is going to be, uh, you know, in the mix at any open show next year and he's not even on Sean's radar. So it's nice to see that part of it def- definitely come through. And I'm with you, Ron. Like if, if I had my dream, it's a little different. It's that he, I assume he has a permanent qualification for the 212 Olympia, just like we do in the open since he's won. Yeah. So I'd love him to just do opens all year, cash his checks and slide back into the uh, 212, cash that <laughs> check, you know, and, and move forward because he definitely has the ability, based on his changes, to become the winningest 212 Olympia of all time. Do you find, I, I find something that, that I seem to think, I think it's because I'm older now and I've seen so many people come and go through bodybuilding and I've seen so many people do bodybuilding right and so many do bodybuilding wrong, that mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I, you know, when there's a guy that I know personally and I like the dude and I think he's a great guy, I don't really think about wins. I just keep thinking, I hope he's making lots of money. 
<laughs> I, hope he's, I hope he's making lots of money. You know what I mean? Because like, you yeah. know, there's always like, you know, you got the, how long are you going to be a good pro for? You know, the, there's not a lot of Dexters. Yeah. You know, most guys, right. it's, you know, five, five to 10 years near the top. And that's kind of the time period. So, so when I see Sean doing well like this, I'm, I don't even really think like, I don't even really think like, oh, I hope he wins his title back or anything. I, I just think like, I hope he sells a fuck ton of those hoodies and I hope he, he I hope he's getting paid and I hope, like, I hope his checks keep cashing and maybe wins. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I, I want to see people, you know, come out of bodybuilding and have it been like, you know, an awesome, like worthwhile, like, you know, these guys are incredible. Lucrative. They should be able to retire. Yeah. yeah. Like a guy like Sean Clarita, who's like one in a hundred million, you know, these guys should be able to retire off what they've done because it's so amazing. You know, anyone who's the best in the world at what they do or one in a one in a hundred million, like these freaks, they, they deserve to retire off this venture, this work they're putting into it. And so, you right. know, I don't even really think about like what he can win or what he I just I'm just hope he's hoping, you know, when this wraps up for him, it's all set. You know, he's fucking set. That's what I'd love to see, you know, so. No, I definitely like that. Agreed. Anyways. Okay. Let's, what, uh, do we do? Uh, oh yeah. I got to ask Scott, you're back in the States now. Yep. You, you didn't claim refugee status and stay in Canada. No, no, I unfortunately. Too much. I did. I did. I got back and then the next morning I went Couldn't bring my gun. I went straight to the range. I did next morning and I was rusty too. I was like, man, I used to be faster at this. It used to be a little bit more accurate. It'll it'll come back. He's telling you know? has been stories to himself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> He's like, you remember when you were for a week? I do, I do. It was good. Yeah, it's good yeah. though. But yeah, now we gotta, you know, now it's just a, a waiting game. Uh, I think that the border opens up for Canadians to be able to come into the U.S. in November. So I think that we'll be able to hopefully put all this behind us soon, and we'll be able to get back on on track with our normal. Because before the pandemic. I would go there for two weeks and then she'd come here for two months because she could, you know, she's working on her PhD so she can work from home. Um, she's part of University of British Columbia, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, Ron. Dude, that campus yeah. is so beautiful. Like Vancouver is yeah. such a beautiful place. Uh, yeah, it's but one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It really like is. Always listed, always listed. Top five most beautiful places to live in the, in the world is Vancouver is always on the list. Yeah, I love you know, it there, man. It's I, just it's it's rare that you get mountains and beach yes. in the same like you can stand in one spot and look at the beach and then turn your head and look at the mountains. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, that's not common, right? We went to Whistler last time I was up there. Oh. Uh, and the mountains literally dusty, they go right into the ocean. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just so pretty. It's so pretty. But yeah. Yeah, so I'm back and uh, just back in business in the in the studio now. Finally, it's proper killing paper shit and in its proper look. Have you hit your gym yet, dude? Not yet. I uh, I I tried to train like the very next day I got back, which is three days ago now. So yesterday I tried to train and it just wasn't there yet. Like my hydration was off. So I did cardio and I said, all right, today is the day. So I've got a couple meals in me. We're recording. It's just bodybuilding. The gym is right outside my door. It's going to be a leg day. So <laughs> I love it. So let's hit some questions. Let's hit some questions. What uh, do you want to start with the YouTube ones? We want to reward Ooh. these YouTube questions. 
or do right. we make them a make them a priority. Welcome to our channel, new sponsor for our Canadian followers, supplementsource.ca. Known for the best prices, this online supplement retailer has been around since 95, offering blowouts on top name supplements that are overstocked, short dated, or have gone through a label change. Plus, you can get great prices on all their normally stocked supplements as well. They have free shipping over $99 and great discounts on bulk orders. Guys, if you want to support our programming and you're in Canada, you can do so by shopping with our new sponsor, supplementsource.ca. Oh, and while you're up there in Canada, have a butter tart today. It's okay. You deserve it. In fact, it's part of your diet. I said so. I'm a coach. I thought this was great. It was related to Halloween. She had said, if I could find it now, um, she said, with the Halloween season being here, this is from Lauren Kenworthy, by the way. She says, with Halloween around the corner, if you could only watch one horror film for the rest of your life, what would it be? And instantly I knew, I was like, this is Ron's question. He was born for this. <laughs> I don't, that's I, I don't that's, want to answer that's, these kind of questions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen to Ron's answer. Yeah. That's tough. So horror is a genre that I'm very picky with. Um, you know, like the traditional slasher movie where you're like, oh, no, don't go in the basement. Oh, why didn't you turn the light on? Why haven't you left the house yet? Oh, just go out and get in the car and drive away. Like, I, I have a hard time with those movies, right? Where you're <laughs> just frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no, don't, don't go outside and investigate. Yeah, why are you investigating the noise? Don't investigate the noise. Just leave. Like, you know, I so I have a hard time with with those types of horror movies. Um, I'm I I have friends who are really into like classic slasher movies and they're like Friday the Thirteenth fanatics. They know everything about those series and all that stuff. Um, and they're a lot of fun, especially at the time. But when it comes to like horror, I, I tend to like, like for me, I still think one of the greatest horror movies of all time and people forget about it, but it's fucking alien. If you watch cool. the original alien with Sigourney Weaver, it's not an action movie. Aliens is an action movie. The second one, they make that an action movie with all the Marines in it. We're all going to fucking die. Yeah, that, that's an action movie. But the first one, that's a fucking monster movie on a spaceship. You don't even see the alien until you're like an hour into the show, right? And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's such a well-crafted, um, edgier seat. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's, and I remember seeing it when I was a kid and, and being like, holy shit, that was intense. Like, right to the end. Fantastic movie. And then I got to I got to give props. I mean, now it's a little bit slow to watch. It's a bit of a slow burn, but it's still enjoyable. And the acting is absolutely spectacular. The original Shining. It is Jack oh, Nicholson yeah. at his fucking best. And what's the name of the actress in it? Shelly. Shelly something. Shelly. I can't remember. Is it Shelly Duvall? I have to find out. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, Shelley Duvall. Okay. So when you watch The Shining. I don't know. I don't know. Shit. I have to look it up. I still didn't know. So, so Stanley Kubrick directed that movie, right? That was one of his one best. Of Kubrick's, like, one of his masterpieces. And Shelley Kubrick tormented, or sorry, Stanley Kubrick tormented Shelley Duvall so much that she was literally losing her mind while they were filming the show. Like she fucking, so some of like 
some of the tension in her character is like she was literally hating being on set like she couldn't wait to get that movie wrapped and it comes out in her acting and it's like it's kind of how kubrick worked like kubrick used to do shit to people to get them to be more like their character or whatever he felt he needed to do like he didn't mind if you hated him if it got the character that he wanted and the tension that he wanted and jack nicholson in that movie is just nuts but if you watch the original shining that's the creepiest fucking movie still to this day super fucking creepy and a great horror movie classic so i know i'm going old school with those two you know that's like fucking 79 and 82 or something i can't remember yeah, what years 90 percent of our <laughs> listeners have no idea what you're talking about but that's okay <laughs> they're like wait what i know what i know everyone's into like the saws and all that you know yeah. the original saw was a classic too the first saw before they, they were all you know i was gonna ask you about the saw about saw because that's my favorite but i was gonna ask if you considered that a horror movie or a suspense movie do you know what i mean yeah I, like yeah yeah i guess I, that would have been my answer but i was like i don't even know if that counts <laughs> Yeah, it's a horror movie. It's it's one of those, you know, a little bit more like, you know, overtly in your face. Like, here's the violence, you know? Right. Whereas like, you know, the kind of like when I was talking about Alien, there's a lot of like, you know, threat of of death that you're like, you know, you're, you don't, like I said, you don't see the alien for like over an hour. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, so yeah, it just depends on what you're into. But that's, I guess my, that's my short answer. If you just want the quick one. <laughs> what, what I love is that, that young people watching this also don't realize that an hour into a movie back then meant the movie was almost over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because now movies right. being two and three hours is totally normal. <laughs> like, you said that Saw was your favorite, Dusty? Oh, yeah. I, I saw that in theater off of like, it was a, Ron, I think, talked about this on the show before. It was like a, a suggestion of like one of my most prissy down home good people friends that was like oh go see saw and like during the movie i was like this bitch is fucked up yeah i yeah. can't believe so, that she's this fucked up i love her yeah <laughs> yeah i remember the very end of saw you remember the very end right mm -hmm. the guy's on the floor yeah so i remember being angry at myself that i didn't see the end of that movie coming i was like are you fucking joking <laughs> fucking they fucking got me i can't believe they got me like that like it, i thought it was brilliant because i i i feel like i can see certain things coming sometimes and i yeah. just fucking didn't see it man i just didn't see it here i just pulled this up kubrick was intentionally i he intentionally isolated shelley duvall and she was on set and she was forced to perform the exhausting baseball bat scene. There's a scene where she has a baseball bat and she's she's backing up and 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 Jack Nicholson is walking towards her. And he's like, obviously, completely psychotic at this point. Yeah. And she's scared. She's like scared out of her fucking mind. And she got she's got a baseball bat in her hand and she was forced to perform that scene one hundred and twenty seven times. Holy crap. To get it right. Afterwards, du Duval presented Stanley Kubrick with clumps of her hair that had fallen out due to the extreme stress of being on set. And in an interview with Roger Ebert, she said making the film was almost completely unbearable. Holy crap. 
And that's how you get that performance out of her. Because yeah, she was scared for her fucking she was so scared in that movie, it's so real, it's crazy. I think that they that you would they would probably cancel Kubrick nowadays if if you were to hear about like that couldn't oh, yeah. happen today. You know what I mean? He's probably he's yeah. probably calling her a lazy bitch between takes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, we got a bodybuilding one from Eric. He says, um, what are your thoughts on pre-workout nutrition, supplements, etc., around working out at 4 a.m.? Only time in my oh. day to get it done with six kids. So it is what it is, but would like to optimize what I can. Uh, been told to eat a high-carb meal before going to bed, which is usually 10, 10, 30 p.m., Hmm. So I would definitely eat a decent sized meal before bed. I wouldn't have like just a shake. How are we ignoring the what's just Yes, I have TV and know what causes that. What is it? What is That's that a reference to six that. children. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> because the last time I was like, do you not have a TV? I'm like, how are we ignoring the greatest part of this? Country? Oh, that's so funny. I missed that. Yeah, too. Six I didn't kids. get it. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so I would say you got to have a, a, a big meal before bed. Um, you can't just have like, you know, so many people just eat a little bit of protein before bed or something. You can't worry about that. You have to make sure you've got some fuel in you. And then the the main thing with getting up early to train is hydration. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, we, we, yes. we usually mm-hmm. lose, you know, we pee and sweat and respire a lot of moisture out of our bodies. And um, so immediately upon waking up i would drink like a liter of water with say like 30 grams of protein and you know maybe 30 grams of carbs in it something light that'll get into your system and some salt i would put some salt some carbs and some protein in like a liter of water and i would get that in my system immediately upon waking up like you know half down before you're even in the shower or whatever and like half down on your way to the gym like get it in you and, and I think you'll be able to train. Um, hydration is the number one thing. It trumps food. It trumps sleep. It trumps everything. If you're not hydrated, you can't do shit. And if you are hydrated, you can perform surprisingly well, no matter what. So I think you nailed that's it, my That's take. what I used to do. When I trained early in the morning, I didn't eat because <clears throat> I always felt heavy. I wasn't going to wake up at 3 in the morning to get to the gym at 4. Um so I did the same thing, a heavy meal at night, and it was literally just a liter of water with uh, 20 grams of uh, EAAs. Slam the whole thing right then and there. Then at the gym, I'd be sipping on another liter with more EAAs, right. salt again, of course, and good to go. So I agree with you a million percent. The, the hydration is the is the biggest key, man. When you're, especially if you're good at hydration, and it's funny because I just did this, um, I'm always super hydrated. And then this weekend, I had just... A concert on a Friday night and then woke up ass crack of dawn to drive to a show on Saturday. And even by Sunday, I never really caught back up Yep. and had to make the, the decision at the gym. Like, okay, today we're not going to hurt ourselves yep. because I'm still dehydrated after these last two days. That's exactly and you asked me about training. Felt. Yeah. Yeah. My hydration was down. That's the mm-hmm. biggest change single. That's the biggest single thing. Like you have so a guy asked me the other day, he's like, Hey man, all my workouts have been good. It is like, and then I had a really shitty workout yesterday. Why is that? And I was like, well, the first thing I ask myself is, where's my hydration? Because that'll change things instantly, right? Yep, for sure. So yeah, that's that's the easy yeah. stuff. And uh, good thing you got a good TV now, buddy. Six is enough. 
All right. So uh, Brody says uh, he's asking us, a, do you carry a waste bag or crossover bag? He says, we know that Scott does with his piece, LOL. But does Ron or Dusty have a bag? Does he mean like a fanny pack? Is that what he's saying? A I think he's talking like a fanny pack or a man purse. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know Dusty does the Dusty does the yeah. Man I, I do the man purse all the time. Yeah, 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 and that and that will wow. easily yeah. hold huh. weapons as well. So yeah, you're you're good to go there. And then uh, actually, my you know completely separate but the same question. My truck actually came because I live in the United States and the truck's made in Texas uh, with a gun safe inside of it. Nice, I like that. Which I always, which mm. I think is awesome, but I also think anybody who has a brain knows you don't leave your gun in the car; you bring it with you. Um, <laughs> but, right. right. But yeah, no, it's funny because we, we had a big, uh, again, this weekend when I was out of town, um, there was a, a two hour, or, I'm sorry, an hour or an hour and a half wait at a restaurant we went to after prejudging. And I, of course, jokingly, I was like, well, what's a name that has a reservation? Because I can be an Eddie, a Sam, I'll be a Samantha if that gets this shit done. And the girl <laughs> laughed and she goes, ah, let me see what we can do. And she, uh, she sat us immediately. And my buddy goes, how did you do that? Said, you know what happened to Dave Chappelle? She wanted to get canceled. A man with a purse. She sat my ass down. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> She's like, uh-oh, I don't even know what this guy considers himself. He's got a purse. Right. Get, get him. I don't want to be involved. Shit. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> That's funny. What about That's you, funny. Ron? No, I mean, I was, I was on the original... <clears throat> OG fanny pack team back in the nineties. Um, I just carry a wallet and my keys now. Yeah. Okay. Just no bag. Is it a, yeah, is it a dad like be, wallet or is it an actual wallet? Like a, a credit card wallet. I like a threefold wallet. Yes. That's a fucking dad wallet. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, I, I like shit. a threefold. You never forget it. It's, the, it's like he has a brick and two pocket. folds. <laughs> Two two fold the, the this the two fold wallets weak. You need a it has to fold three times. You need a three fold. Yeah, I want to know it's in my pocket at all times, right? I want to feel it. I want I want at any point in time. I want to go. Do I have my wallet and instantly just feel it pressed against my body? You know it's there. Oh yeah. I, oh, yeah. I yeah. I don't need to check. <laughs> That's what I want. He's got. It's, it's like having an old Nokia phone. It's so big. I mean, damn. I got I got one oh, more yeah. for you guys, and this is especially from, when it's full of hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> okay, Alan asked us, "Do you guys think that Jake Wood played a role uh, for conditioning in the Olympia this year? Meaning conditioning not being as awarded as previous years?" No, ah, I don't know. I can't see. <laughs> I can't I mean, see. You know, no, they don't care. That's that's the one thing I love about. There's plenty that I dislike about the judging in the IFBB and, and even on how it's run. I think it's a train wreck in a lot of ways. But um, they don't bow to anyone and adjust for anyone. That's that's the one thing I definitely love about it. Uh, the way I would say that that uh, conditioning was affected at the Olympia was the god awful stage with all the fucking lights and the shit show behind them. Brutal. Go back to a black screen, please. Nonsense. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's the only because I will say too, from seeing guys' pictures, just unedited cell phone pictures sent to me, every single guy on that stage is in better shape than you think. 
you just couldn't tell it. I mean, and if you guys ever question the validity of what I'm saying, do me a favor, do your progress pictures in front of a white wall, then do it in front of a black sheet. With Same good day. lights. I yeah. promise you the black sheet will be better. Do it in front of a white wall with a bunch of strobe lights going off to the side. <laughs> in TVs behind Go you. Go to a nightclub that for some reason has white yeah. wall, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just. Yeah, I, I do don't, feel yeah, like that exactly. was the only way that the conditioning was altered was because I felt like we forgot that the fans come to the show to see the freaks and we wanted to make it a concert. I went to a concert over the weekend and I, I'm all about the lights then. I don't need to see this fucking guy. He looks terrible probably. But if they really, 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 really need to do something, they could fire it all up during the pose down. Yeah, yeah, I right can see now. that. Yeah, when it no longer matters. It, yeah, okay, we're gonna do a you know a five minute pose down for the fans and everyone on the live stream, and they can fucking set off pyro and fucking do whatever they want. They could have, you know. They gotta have like Slash come out on a fucking stand and play guitar in the background. They gotta have like fucking whatever they want. Right. I'm just thinking, you know, but I, I, I just think like the distractions need to be brought down to a fucking zero while they're judging the show. Yeah. Like while they're doing the, the show. Like, yeah. I don't get it. I'm you picturing know? Ron I running guess- the Olympia now. We've got Sean Clarita crossing over, Slash over here. <laughs> Can we put a stripper oh, yeah. pole in then, Ron? Do I yeah. have to like, throw in suggestions? Or? Well, guys, you're not listening. Slash is playing guitar. He comes with strippers. <laughs> yes. I knew I loved that guy. But who's going to like I think wherever he That's goes, there's a stripper pole wherever he goes, I think. Yeah. So. All right, good. We, the Olympics okay. going to be great next year. <laughs> yes, yes. Here, let's, let's – I, I like this question because how it sets up an answer. Because it's a it's an answer generally, the but the the question sort of reflects off. We were talking about Clarita earlier. Where are so many coaches and athletes going wrong when Matt Jansen is able to peak everyone perfectly? That's the question. And I think well, you can start with you guys. You guys go. I I, I have an answer ready though. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start with my. Uh my position on the people he's peaking correctly Mm. is he's not afraid to grind them old school hard. I don't know what it, I don't know if it's the athletes that have pushed the coaches or the coaches that have decided that they want to sell this easier route. But I know that Matt is old school. I know who he learned from. I know who he hired, including Aceto to, to learn the ropes. And he is not afraid to put you on 1500 calories for extended periods of time to get in shape he's not afraid of that and when you get peeled out of your mind and i know ron you you can attest to this those last couple days you don't have to do much when you're already ready it's when you're kind of there and you start fucking swinging for the fences and doing weird shit that you've got a problem um so that's the positive standpoint the flip to that coin is it well there's two flips to that coin number one the athlete has to have the balls to do it and he has a bunch of athletes that do. He also has a lot of athletes that don't that you never hear about. I think that's the only tricky point with all with all of the gurus of the game is uh, they have a ton of clients, and you see their top three over and over and over again. You know, 
And I think we forget, and this isn't a shot on anybody because this is just the way it is, but you know, we, we, he just had a question of why are all the other coaches missing? Then why was Ian with Jansen before and left to go to Patrick and is doing better and is coming in in better shape? That's a good point. Right. What about you, Scott? Man, I don't have too much more to really add to that. I guess, you know, the, the guys we are talking about, they are incredible bodybuilders, and I think that a lot of people could probably do a really good job with them. I have found that the better genetics somebody has, the more praise, like out of my athletes that I've worked with, the better genetics someone has, the more I, the more praise I get for getting them in shape and the least work I have to do with them. So there is an element of who you're working with. I think when you take a guy who's had a tough time, like remember Luke had a tough time getting in shape. And I remember we all went to the Arnold, see his first Arnold, and I think he took eighth. And he didn't look that good. And then the next, he didn't come back the next year, but the year after that, he was there again and he took third. And that's when I think yeah. the world really looked at him like, oh shit, you know, this is, this is, this is, this guy's gonna be somebody. This guy's gonna be dangerous. I can't remember if Aceto was working with him yeah. at, at that time. I, I thought he was. Yeah. I'm most impressed when you see a guy who struggled. And then he finds a coach that actually gets him there, you know, to see right. a guy who's just like really good. It's I'm still impressed by it. Don't get me wrong. Like, like, you know, seeing the guys up there just looking freaking peeled at this Olympia. It's like all of them I'm blown away by. But I'm even more impressed by a guy who has that potential. But the, even even like Rami last year, you know, like Chad brought Rami in and was like, we, we got to see a Rami that we had never seen before that we always had wanted to see. And it was like, oh man, this is so much better. This is so much more the Rami we've wanted to see. I'm impressed by that. So I, I think there are a lot of coaches that are doing a, a good job. I don't know. I, mean, I guess I just don't want to knock anybody else because I think every situation is completely unique. And I've worked with some people that could have done really well, but you know what? Maybe they didn't want to tie it hard enough, you know? Maybe they just couldn't stick to the plan. And at the end of the day, I'm still putting them on stage and they could have maybe gotten a few places better if they had really buckled down, but they didn't and my name is still on that, you know? And then I've had the guys that absolutely just kill it, you know? So it's like, I th it's hard to say Each situation is so, you know, individual. Yeah, I, I think that's like like you were saying that if that's the case, if we only look at guys, best guys, then why are we not begging Ian to train us? Because Bumstead nails it every time. And yeah, he, he sure does. Another human every year. You see what I'm saying? Like, so when you factor that way, I think that's the dangerous part is when you start, you're looking at the, the, the highlight reels and that's how some of these coaches. And again, like you said, my point is not to take away from Matt but yeah. to remind people that there are plenty of coaches that are actually doing the same thing because how did Ian come in at the Olympia? Okay. How did James come in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit happens. And yeah. I think when you're, when you're training enough people, you get that. And when you have somebody like a Sean who came in with Jansen and they've learned together, yes. there's a trust there also that makes it beautiful yeah. because mm -hmm. you know, Sean will, will do anything that Matt says and he will respond even better than he would have because he literally trusts it wholeheartedly, no question, we're going to be fine. And that is another thing that's a game changer. I mean, how many times have you guys coached somebody and you have to say, you got to trust me? Yeah. 
because you can feel them slipping away and you're like, I'm telling you, if you trust me, this works well. If you don't, we fall apart. Even if you do it, yeah. it doesn't work as well if you're questioning it up here the entire time. And if they do, yeah. that bond afterward, that, that's that's where you get a Sean Clarita and Matt Jansen combo is after you've achieved mm-hmm. that, you know? For yeah. sure. What, yeah. what do you think, Ron? Uh, I, I, I think it uh, goes back to what you said, Dusty. Um, I mean, all those factors, you know, there's going to be these magic combos that occur, you know, Neil Hill and Flex Lewis. Yes. You know, I mean, Neil Hill tried to help Branch one year and it didn't go well. Right. right. It was like the worst branch ever placed. Branch worked with him one time. Didn't go well. That was it. Um, so it's it's uh, but it's the relationship with these high level guys, with these coaches that is is if there's an, if they don't have that trust in that relationship, it's really difficult. But you got to you got to give Matt. Matt Credit, he is one of the guys that gets his guys in shape so they don't have to rely on this peaking stuff, you know? Like, how does the question is, you know, how does Jansen peak his athletes so perfectly? Well, he doesn't doesn't have to peak them perfectly. They're in shape. Like, he pushes them hard in the, the prep part of it. You know, this whole waiting for peak week bullshit. I get so, I need, I understand peak week is a thing for everybody in some way, even if it's just like mental preparation and posing, fine tuning and stuff. But this reliance on peak week, like it's some sort of magic. I still can't believe it's going on. This, this like, oh yeah, you know, I talked to my coach and, and next week we're going to do this with my water and this with my salt and this with my carbs. And we're going to do three days of this and then two days of that. And I'm like, how do you know what you're doing next week now? Yeah. How the yeah. fuck do you know what you're doing next week? Like, what mm. if you look great? You're still going to change these things? You know, what if you you're make wired. these changes and you start to look worse? Are you still going to keep doing them? Like, it's this sort of expectation that there's some sort of process in the final week that polishes you. I guarantee Clarita looked fucking crazy three weeks out. And two weeks you know? out, and one week out, and two weeks out, out, and one week out. out, and he probably looked, and, yeah, and 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 the the change in his physique from Wednesday to Friday was probably just subtle, yeah, and just mm-hmm. oh yeah, 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 the glutes are a little tighter. Oh, okay, you're a little drier, oh, a little crisper. There we go. Now you're ready. It's like a very yeah. very gradual. You know, the work is all done. You got to do the work early. Like I I heard some guy the other day he goes, yeah, you know. uh, um, I'm, I'm going to come in at 192. So, I mean, I'm already 197. So I'm like really ahead. So I'm going to like, you know, back off this week and, and I've got like six weeks and I'm like, but you're not hard yet. Like, how do you know your stage weight when you're not hard yet? Like you're not, you don't look, you don't look ready. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, you're not you're, there's no body parts on you that are grainy. You only got a few striated body parts. Why do you think you're going to be 192? Where did you pick that number from? Hmm. There's just so many mistakes people make thinking that they know where they're going to arrive. Yeah. You know, I had that, uh, I had that wrong this weekend and I didn't say anything about it because it didn't matter. But, uh, a, a lot of my clients share everything we do, which I don't give a shit. It's not a secret. They post their diet, they post what's going on. And, and one of my guys, and I'm not quoting exact numbers, but he's like, uh, wait in at, uh, 202. I'll probably be 209 or so on stage when I start eating. I'm like, oh, you won't. Where do you get that from? <laughs> like, I read that and I was like, 
I'm thinking closer to 199, 198. <laughs> um, like, it was just, like, I read it and I kind of smiled. I'm like, God, I hope not. If, we, if that fucking happens, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not ready at 202, you'll look like complete dog shit at 209. Yeah. That's, so it was, just, it was funny. It was one of those funny things. And, and for those who are questioning the 202 uh, weight, um, I had, it was a guy who needed to, he wanted to win his first overall. So I brought him in where he looked best. And I didn't care that it was 202 pounds because he was going to be better right. at 202 than he was at 198. Um, and he did not win. He lost to the heavyweight, but he would have lost to the heavyweight at 198 also. So I remind people that sometimes when they see those numbers, like, oh, why didn't you peel him down? Um, I, I've had clients win a heavyweight in an overall 199 before. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. somebody who pushes you down four pounds, especially uh, we were not going to use any diuretics. So pulling him down and getting him back was not going to be pretty, but uh, yeah, I did. I read that and just laughed. I'm like, "You're not gaining seven pounds by tomorrow." I don't know. What you're about. <laughs> right? People don't realize how much seven pounds of carving up is. It's a lot. You know, you know I mean, uh, a liter so... of water is two point two pounds. <laughs> so just think of three liters of water. That's a lot of volume. You're going to put all that on and not look and, and you're gonna like none of it's gonna go anywhere bad <laughs> so you know you'll love this room. this is a prime example i had a uh i'm guessing on the way in weight but uh at the first usa's i did um i weighed around 246 or so okay and i stepped on stage or i woke up the morning of prejudging at like 238 then i woke up the day of finals the following day at like 231 Damn. Like it just kept going, but I looked better and better and better. And no one would have ever imagined that I had dropped like 10, 15 pounds between weighing in and finals. But it once it starts going, it just keeps going. <laughs> and I did, right. I got better and bigger and fuller. I was definitely better by the second day, but it's just funny how people think, well, I'm going to eat and I'm going to get heavy. I'm like, shit, man, I was, I was just watching the weight just keep going down, but I just kept getting better, so I never gave a shit. Right. We got yeah. that. That was, a, that was a solid question, though. Okay. You got one? I have tons. You know how this works. I wanted to see if I have a really Dusty, good one. Dusty gets a lot of questions. I've seen his uh, – I've seen Dusty scroll. Yeah, I have too. It's, it's a lot. It's pretty good. There's, that's pretty good. That, you know what's funny is even when I do when I go back and answer these, then I've had like I told you, I've had people get mad at me for uh, not answering their question. I'm like, you can only answer. I think it's forty or fifty before they start erasing the first one. Oh, I see, I didn't even like know 200. that. So I have to like skip yeah. through them and guess. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba, no, no. We did get a lot of lot. We, we did get a lot of like last five minute crew comments. So shout out to everybody who commented on the last show. All that stuff helps yeah. to boost the show in the algorithm. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, this is a good one, actually. Uh, so Doc says they have too much protein in the urine. Kidneys are out of range, but I'm a natty lifter. Any subs to help or advice? Phew. When you he's natty, um, I don't really have much to add. I mean, um, you know, Dante would tell him to t get some astrologus and uh, – <laughs> and get on some of the, you know, get some cranberry extract and some astralagus and some this and that probably to work on those kidney numbers. But uh, being natty, um, 
and having your kidney numbers off is something I would definitely look at, you know, correcting as soon as possible, obviously. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty rare that you see that. So, I mean, it's different if he's like, I just finished, you know, a, a huge cycle with a whole bunch of trend. Um, right. but when they're, they're, but when they're natty, I feel like the answer is not obvious, you know? So, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what you'd do, you know, examine, examine your, you know, what you're putting in your body, you know, how you're drinking, you know, are you hydrated, all that sort of stuff. Um, but other than that, you gotta, you gotta do some, do some reading for sure. I'd say you know, too. The only thing that I was going to say was the, was the hydration. Yeah. I always worry about hydration numbers when someone brings up that when it and again there, there's obviously predisposition but assuming that that's not the case the first thing i look at is hydration i don't think most so, people realize that there should never be a point in your life that you're thirsty <clears throat> if you're thirsty you're dehydrated yeah that's a fact so a lot of people too they they schedule their blood work for like you know 8 a.m because they got to fast for their blood glucose and all that mm -hmm. right and they don't hydrate before they get their blood work done so they get back this right. like perfect blood work, except they got some kidney values that are all messed up. Yeah. And if they would have, you know, put down two liters of fluid and um, and gone in like later in the day, they might have had a different reading. So that's something to look at, too. Maybe he should just get it, get it checked again at a different time. That's actually that's probably a great point. You're, you nailed is the, you know, and Dante and I have just he's one of us indefinitely. Three days don't train. Yeah, I was going to say that. Absolutely blown out hydrated, like ri ridiculously hydrated when you get done. That's going to give you your accurate numbers. And you're, you're right. Most people, it's funny, but um, uh, a friend of mine actually sent Dante uh, his numbers one time. And he was like, please tell me you were dehydrated. And it was like, I went to the gym. I did a hot <laughs> yoga class. Then I headed in. And he was like, well, I'm surprised your doctor didn't think you were going to die. Yeah. Because the numbers were so bad. <laughs> yeah. I just ran a marathon and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, Ryan. I didn't think about that. That's probably, I think you nailed it. I had a doctor who told me. The biggest issue. Like 15 years ago, I had a doctor look at my numbers and say, like, you're going to die. Your kidneys are basically falling out. This is terrible. You know, and it was somebody who didn't understand uh, being an athlete, you know. I think that, right. yeah, I think if, if you follow these guys' suggestions, the not training thing, I think that's a good one. And then, yeah, the hydration. But I remember being terrified, though, like, oh, my God, I made all these terrible choices in life that have led up to this moment, and now my kidneys are gone, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You do have to love how that works. Your brain immediately is like, what yeah. have I done? Then the nurse came in after, and she was, she was looking at the numbers, and she was like, oh, no, he's just trying to scare you. <laughs> well, right. it worked. Yeah. Well, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good shit. So I have one here. Shoot. And I like these questions because I think people overcomplicate stuff. How to improve muscle separation on an already developed physique? Get leaner. So think of a guy. Get leaner. My entire or answer. <laughs> or, yeah, get, get leaner get drier you're good to go <laughs> also get bigger yeah yeah like if you if you if you add you know if you have two muscles that are next to each other and you make them bigger the crevice between them gets deeper right 
So if you have like two small back muscles and then you turn them into two huge back muscles, the crack is a lot deeper. So a lot of times it's just, and there's a genetic component to your kind of default separation. You know, like some guys have, oh, we lost Dusty. Again. Dusty didn't like what I was saying. He was like, nah, let's just get leaner. I don't He's agree like, with ah, Ron. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. I'm out. There he is. He's getting quick with the callback. Yeah. There we go. I didn't like the way you were All good, Dusty? <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew. I, that's what I said. I said, fuck, yeah, fuck this bam. guy. Bam. <laughs> there's, there's like a gen- genetic default level for everybody on like their kind of base separation in a body part. So let's say it's like quads. You know, some guys can, you know, diet for their first show and get down to say, you know, that you could even standardize the body fat. You could say, you know, this guy's 4% with crazy separation in his quads. And then the other guy diets down and gets to 4% and doesn't have the separation in his quads. And the only thing that guy can do is get his quads bigger and more developed and, you know, train them, get all the muscles in his quads to grow and the cracks between them will get deeper and, and, and stuff. So, Condition obviously is the first thing, but condition being equal, you just need more muscularity in that area and your separation and striations and all that will, will, you know, be deeper and more pronounced. So, you know, not everybody's going to have the same separation. You know, some guys have that crazy pec split. Other guys don't. Some guys have that bicep split when they're like super shredded and other guys can be, you know, super peeled and they just don't see that split in their bicep. So you know what the example you know, I always use, Ron, is uh, <clears throat> shredded glutes. You ever mm-hmm. notice the guys with the most shredded glutes have the biggest ass? I mean, they just have the most tissue. Yeah, you know, think of Ronnie right. Coleman from the side, just the amount big of horse like glutes, fucking manatar. Like, yeah, and yeah. then same thing with Kai Green. Then you look at Jay Cutler. It's not that Jay wasn't as hard. He doesn't have as much tissue in the glutes, so. Yeah, you know, smaller glutes. You know, Dennis Wolf too. Dennis Wolf had like relatively small glutes compared to his giant quads. Yep. You know, and he never had like the most striated glutes, but he was shredded. You know. Yeah. So yeah, good point. Okay. Solid. Your solid, turn. Solid. Always good ones here. Oh no, not that one. Oh, oh, here we go. I like it. I like your guys' okay. opinion on these because I'm so black and white. Do you think there's a synergistic effect on injecting GH with insulin as a pre-workout? I don't. I don't think. I don't. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I laugh because when Ron answers bodybuilding questions, I feel like I'm asking myself. <laughs> he's slightly irritated. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I, like I see him, like he's trying to be nice because it's being recorded, but he's a little irritated <laughs> with the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me break this down a little bit. I'm with two guys that have, you guys, you know, you can say that you were both very successful at building a lot of muscle. Uh, neither of you really. This isn't something that either of you are very like. You didn't have to create a formula for growth hormone and insulin intake and uh, break down the synergy and all of that to get where you were. I think that that in itself is kind of an important um, answer to me, at least. Yeah, you know what I mean? there's, yeah, there's evidence there. Yeah, there's, there's evidence there. It's, I, I find that you, you get that with a lot of 
like I've, I've, I've had that same experience with other high level athletes where I ask them a question, not realizing that it's that type of question. Hmm. And they just right. look at me and they're like, oh, I never thought about it. And they're like, yeah. you know, an NHL player. Yeah. Right. And they're like, uh, oh, never crossed my mind. Never had anybody mention that. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that doesn't matter at all. Then. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, I did the pre-workout insulin off and on where I tried that out, see if it would, you know, maximize my pumps and all that sort of stuff. And, but as far as GH goes, I, I never, you know, really messed with timing too much. I just kept it simple. I, I think that, I mean, obviously there's some things where obviously insulin timing matters because you can die. But I, outside of that, I, I think timing is like really over overemphasized for a lot of things i mean there's exceptions but i mean the magic is in the it's the the magic is in the stew like it's it doesn't matter if you put the carrots in before the potatoes we both got to go in you know i don't know i just (laughs) keep things simple i think that the thing that i can say that kind of lines up what you were mentioning scott is i learned early on when i was tweaking things training, sleeping, supplements, super supplements, that when I would alter supplements, you know, Sustanon versus, you know, Sipinate or this versus that, nothing really happened. Yeah. Um, nothing like, holy shit. But when I would fuck with training, I was like, oh. There you go. Okay, that's different. Yeah. Like, and then it became undeniable. Things like that were like, it was, you, you could not beat the, what it did to me. No one would disagree if I showed them, okay, I changed this, and that became shocking. And that's where, that's where I kind of lost interest in being overly excited about the supplement side or the, or the drug side. Because I was like, man, it really didn't do anything. I used to take all my growth at the same time before bed. And I did go up in doses and down. And the only thing I saw was I spent more money. So I was like, all right, four I use seems to work. Okay, so four. I, would do when I, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Four is a good place. Yeah. I would take four units and then the, the other thing is, and I, th- I know Ron, I think is in the same page. So at the biggest of my career, I was never using insulin in the off season. Hmm. Never, never, never. I would use it to fill up during prep. So, you know, for anybody who followed back in the day, when you saw me eating a muffin and a cheeseburger during prep, I took insulin that day. That's it. One time also. That was it. Before I trained, I'd take, you know, eight units or something go train, had the muffin before I went, had a good meal after, and then that was it. So I think a lot of people are looking for the secret in an area that would be easier to, because let's be honest, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if we could just find that perfect mix of insulin and growth before training versus going to war with a logbook for five years. Yeah. 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 The pictures of your back from the red bandana days, to the uh, I remember that pirate earrings the, 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 uh, the pirate back double by your famous pirate shot um, I mean in reality like that had nothing to do with insulin and timing of your you know yeah, no. peptide hormones and stuff it was like people know what that was it was your bent rows and your deadlifts and you're yeah, and then it was just you know, time on the basics so we can't ignore the drugs yeah. like i was i had been using drugs longer and i had been training that way longer that was the yeah. big thing and that's why it's funny how often people go oh what are your thoughts on this and i'm like i've never done that 
I swear they must think I'm lying because it's like everything. They're like, oh, what's your favorite cycle? Right. I'm like, well, I started doing this in 2011 and I do it now. You still get it. We still get it. We had a guy on YouTube recently who was like, I just wish, I love the show. I just wish that Dusty would be honest about what he takes. Right. And that's the thing is, so it's what's so funny, funny about it is, and it's not that it's low, like I'm not claiming to be like a super low dose person, but it's just, it's, it's literally been the same for forever. Um, you know, when I'm on a heavy cycle, you know, the heaviest the, the test would ever go is a gram. I went above that before I saw nothing. I didn't see anything bad either. I just didn't see anything. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I hate taking shots. I'm lazy. Um, so I can eliminate that. And then, you know, I mean, Ron and I have said this openly many times. What is my favorite thing? Give me a test. Give me EQ. I'm good. See ya. Yeah. The people ask me why I like tests. Because like, I, 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 I always say this. I'm like, well, in my brain, I was, I never took Trent off season ever. Right. That was a contest drug. And it was like the last half a prep drug, right? And then there's all the DHT derivatives, right? You know, you got your Primos, your Masterons, your Winstrols, Anabars, all the DHT stuff. And to me, those were all contest drugs. There would maybe be the occasional time I might use a little bit of like Masteron in an off-season cycle, but very rarely I would usually just ignore the DHTs in the off-season. Again, I don't know if that was a good idea, but at the time, that's just how it was done. You like save your contest drugs for contest time. And... So that leaves, what does that leave? That leaves you test, the Nandrolone family, which I'm not very good on. They, they, that's one either. of the, yeah, the Nandrolone family doesn't really work well with me. A little bit of NPP occasionally was okay. And then EQ. And I mean, I don't know, is there a bunch of other options? But on those things, test and EQ, my blood work was always great. I always felt fine. I never really got oh, any <laughs> noticeable side effects and I could be well over 300 pounds on those two things. So that's just why I kept it so simple. And then all, and Dianabol, I really like Dianabol. I mean, aside from appetite issues, if you have a hard time eating, um, that was, uh, Dianabol worked for me. Like I, it, it, my body responded to it and that was pretty much like, it was kind of it. That's all I really used off season, you know, throw in a bit of GH if I could afford some or some good kits if I thought they were decent and, and that was pretty much it. And, you know, it really was that's that simple. And that's why for a long time, I, I just would get bored whenever people would want to talk about drugs. Hmm. I would just get bored. <laughs> like, that's a boring conversation. Let's talk about movies or something. Like, I don't want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about your Prima bowling, and I don't care about what you like. I just don't care about. I don't want to. You know what I mean? That's how I would feel sometimes when people would like start like micromanaging their cycles and breaking it all down. I'd just be like, I don't know. Yeah, and then a- the, 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 also too, I, I just want to throw in before you go that the thing like, oh well, I used Primo last cycle, or I used whatever, so I, you know I don't want to use it this cycle because it won't work as right. well. As if your body remembers. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I took Advil for a sore shoulder three months ago and it worked. And then I took it again for my knee this month and it worked. Like, I'm not afraid of like, and have to switch my drugs up. You know, I don't know. People, people worry too much and, you know, test is test. Your body doesn't give a rat's ass after the esters removed. It's all exactly the same as far as I've ever felt. And, you know, so I just kept it so simple that it, that I kept it so simple that people don't believe me just like you, Dusty. But I think, you know, it's funny because I love to fall back on Jordan um, because he is somebody who has openly said, like, I've, he's blasted drugs in a way I've never. 
Um, Michael Jordan said what that? I love is, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you think he got so freaking amazing? Um, Blasted drugs? He, uh, I missed that part. He, he had to pass the test, but it was fine. He was skinny. It was fine. Um, is, he will tell people, like, if you're unsure, try it. Because that's my answer to people. Right. If, if you really, if you think that what you're hearing is inaccurate, here's, what, here's my challenge. Add a couple of these other drugs that you are so sure are going to make a drastic change. Take your pictures, run them for six, eight weeks, and ask yourself, did my performance drastically change this time compared to the other cycle? Am I drastically bigger now? And when you get the answer is no, you'll realize we're not full of shit. So yeah, I'm not against it. And I do think that's something you should try because, I mean, you know, for example, like you and Ron and I, coincidentally, also, I'm, I'm the same with DECA product. It just, they don't work well for me. I know guys that do pure DECA cycles because they can keep their ass yeah. through the roof and they crank. And I'm like, man, I'm envious. And, and opposite of I you, know. Ron, I can't take any orals or my appetite is gone because I already have a shit appetite to begin with. So, right. you know, I, I think that that's the big, the big takeaway, though, for people is, you know, it's you're really searching for a secret. And if you want to know, try it for yourself and you'll realize it doesn't work. I mean, like you said, Scott, you're your guy that invested a bunch of money in growth. What he ended up with was no more money. Yeah. And yeah. that was the end of his, that was the conclusion to his thing is crypto would have been better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, can you even imagine? What did he spend? 20 grand on G8? Yeah. If you put that in crypto. In, and what year? What year? What year? Was oh, that? God. That was a while back. I mean, it would have been in like 2017. It would have been like $300 a coin. <laughs> My brain hurts just thinking about that 20 grand worth of Bitcoin in 2017. Yeah. Jesus fuck. Yeah, I know, man. Where is he now? It's, and, we don't know. He bought an he, island. And yeah. <laughs> He's not podcasting. I, I got I got I got a funny one. I'll just answer it quickly. What is the right dose of D ball? And my answer is up the dose until you get nosebleeds on the leg press and then lower it a bit. Then five milligrams less. <laughs> Good to go. I was going to ask if he was I'm putting just it in his kidding. eyes or I don't his mouth. That. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all, it really, okay. that's what, I, I love when I say shit like that because I'm just waiting for someone to be like, that hurt like hell when I put it in my eyes. <laughs> Fuck. Was totally kidding. Okay, you know what, here's a question I do want to touch. Um, and I don't have an answer for it because I never had this, but maybe you guys do. Ways to cope with the mental side of the sport, depression and loneliness. Well, well, those don't have to be parts of the sport. <laughs> like, like you don't like that's not part of bodybuilding. Like, oh, get ready to be depressed and lonely. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would never. That never crossed my mind. That there's, there's other issues there. I mean, if you're depressed and lonely then do you really enjoy what you're doing hmm. is it like why are you like i i enjoyed bodybuilding i always enjoyed it i loved going to the gym that's where after like i loved you know that was kind of even though i was like you know mr fucking intense and all that it was still my social time you know like i wouldn't obviously not while i'm training i'd have my headphones on and my hat like i used to wear my hat like, around, like down to here you know and i used to train like that and 
but as soon as the workout was over i was like you know hanging out at the front desk fucking chatting to people how's it going bro like walk around the gym saying hi like i just the gym was always my home and my and i always loved being there and i loved the people there and it was always like my social time and kind of you know so i never i don't know i never found training was fun yeah. If, if if I didn't train, I might get depressed. <laughs> yeah. But as long as I was training, I never had the training, re- bodybuilding related depression, and 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 loneliness. I mean, I mean, I sort of enjoy a certain amount of alone time. But I mean, I also am a social person. I worked in nightclubs for sixteen years, so I was never really like, I don't know. I never really. Re- I don't just don't relate to those kind of like things when it comes to bodybuilding because that was never like a side effect of bodybuilding for me depression and loneliness you know and i would also throw out exactly exactly (laughs) i would also i would also throw out that if depression is a problem it's probably Mm pre-existing and could also be exacerbated by you know, the way you're using your drugs and I don't know what they're using or if they're, you know, I mean, I've heard people say that they take too much Arimidex and get depressed. Oh yeah. Like, Mess up your estrogen. They don't realize. I think a lot of people take way too many anti-estrogens. Yeah. Like, like those, the anti-aromatase drugs I hear, I see people all the time. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm using 400 tests and an Arimidex every day. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you're on way too much Arimidex. Like, I, like you know what I mean? And they'll, they'll have all these problems and it's like, yeah, that's part of it. So there's, it, it could be hormonal, but it could just be a pre-existing issue that they need to deal with. Do you have anything to add to that, Scott? My killers are done with doorbells. Uh, man, I don't, I don't know if I do have too much to add. I do feel like, you know, bodybuilding is a, it's a really extreme sport or extreme hobby, extreme thing. And, and I think that people who are drawn to it tend to be more extreme, you know? Like you get a lot of people like like both of you guys had more of a sporting background. And then you'll get someone like me who I, I was not a very sporting person. I Like my coordination sucked in school and stuff. I was not good at sports. And I, uh, I got into bodybuilding after having gotten into recovery and I found it to be like a really good mental outlet for me. And I think there's a lot of people like me that get into bodybuilding who, like Ron said, maybe they already had stuff going into it. You know what I mean? Like I could say that, you know, I probably had some stuff going on, you know, especially, you know, decade plus ago, uh, when I was like newer, you know, it's 15 years now, but when I was newer in recovery, um, that, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think like mood stuff, mood stuff in general. And that stuff like, you know, that would be there whether I was in bodybuilding or not. But I, I don't know. I guess I just would say I do see people that get involved with bodybuilding because they can relate to it because it is extreme and they're drawn to that. But I wouldn't say that bodybuilding itself causes that stuff. That was probably you to begin with. And I agree with what you said, man. Like, you know, maybe look at that. Because uh, I, I think you can have, you know, you could still have friends bodybuilding. Maybe, you know what, I, I've seen people who are a lot younger who are like, hey, I can't go out with my friends and party anymore. But that, you know what, maybe you're growing up. and Because I don't know what this guy's situation is. But it's like maybe he feels alone because all his friends are doing something else. 
you know, but you'll make new friends if you're new to too new to the sport, you know, like, like Ron said, all your friends are there, man. I loved when I was younger, like hanging out at the gym after I trained, eating my food, talking to everybody, you know, it's like my, my people, my community. I don't know. I, I don't feel that way either, but I'm not saying it's wrong that he does, you know, but I definitely yeah. look yeah. at it, you know, the only thing I would add that I think some people do when I, when I hear the word lonely, um, the only thing that enters my brain that I think a, a lot of guys do wrongly is why do you have to stop going to a family event? Mm, why yeah. do you have to like, I don't, I like being alone. So that was never a factor for me. But if I liked being with people, I would go be with people and I would bring my food or I wouldn't eat cake. I don't have, to, I don't enjoy eating cake with these people. I think that's a confusing thing. Being with them is what's enjoyable. Thank I mean, Ron, you, man. You know this. We've done we've done tours where one of us was dieting, or two of us were dieting, and the other eight were dead nuts off season, and it was still fun for everybody, you know. And, and also, mm -hmm. everyone knew, hey, Ron's in prep, so you know he's bringing his food, and we're going to do X Y Z. But it didn't stop Ron from interacting and enjoying the company of everybody else. And I feel like that's a, a mistake people make where they think, well, I got to become a hermit. Well, yeah. if you're not already that, if you're not comfortable being that way, you're going to hate this shit. You know, it's like when people say, oh, I was thinking about quitting my job because I got to get better at bodybuilding. I'm like, how much time do you need to bodybuild? I cook all of my chicken in 15 minutes. I cook the rice in 20. I package it up. I'm done in an hour. Okay, and it takes me 11 minutes to eat each meal. Like, you need an entire day? And I train for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what are you going to do with all that time? <laughs> like, you know, you know I, it just seems it, like it reminds me into this being it. Go ahead. It reminds me of, of something that really came, like, as I was bodybuilding. It didn't take too long. But, you know, I was only a few shows into my bodybuilding life when I hated the, the main thing about going to an event like while you're dieting for a show was I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like I don't want to, I don't want to pull my meal out and have everyone at the table turn to me and I want to talk about my bodybuilding for the next 45 minutes. What you eating like, there, Ron? Wedding. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about what I'm eating. Like I would even, instead of eating out of a Tupperware dish, I remember some events that I went to where I would go in the back, I would heat my food up, and then I would ask someone in the kitchen, like, hey, can I get a plate? And I would put it on a plate. Oh, yeah. And I would take it out to the table, and then it, it seemed more normal, like I was on a plate and everyone else was on a plate, so there'd be less questions. Um, I even remember my one friend got married, and he's like, hey, man, go give your meal to the kitchen guy. He'll bring it out with everyone else's meals, and then, and then you know, you know, because I told him, I'm like, I don't want it to be a big deal. And he's like, no, don't worry. They'll just bring it out with everyone else's meals. No one will even know. And so they brought everyone's plates out and delivered them. And the, the one cook that I'd already talked to, he came and put my plate in front of me. And no one even said a word because no one noticed. That's cool. I, lo I loved it. I just don't want to fucking talk about it. Don't worry about my food. I'm here. I'm, we're, we're, like, you know what I mean? Hey, Ron, put some I butter on that. Some, yeah. Like, I just don't <laughs> want the conversation. It's just agonizing, you know? And then there'd be sometimes where people would go, that looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? You know, oh, it's eight ounces of filet with rice and vegetables and it's cooked perfectly. And you know. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, I've got one here. Um, Perfect. How do you go about setting up your macros for 
cutting after you've just done what might be too much of a dirty bulk. Ooh. <laughs> Scott, do you want to start with yours? I'm actually searching for something in the moment. All right. I'd say, first of all, number one, just switch it all to clean food. You know, because I, I think that as each of us being coaches, we've worked with people who come to us and be like, hey, listen, Ron, uh, listen, Dusty, uh, I'm eating like shit right now, bro, like flat out shit. And I'll be like, well, show me what you're eating. No judgment. And then if you just switch it all to like, OK, eight ounces of chicken, one cup of rice, you know, sweet potatoes, whatever. If you switch it all to clean foods, I don't even care what the macros are. Eat until you're full. You know what I mean? Eat until you're full, but eat it all clean. Do that for a week or so. See how things go. I bet you that you tighten up, you drop water. And then from there, that'll kind of give you a little bit of a foundation to work from. And then you might say, okay, now I need to, you know, maybe remove a little bit of carbs out of each of these meals or whatever. Or actually, you know what? I could pull this out and I would still feel exactly the same. You could probably do that for a good six weeks, not even be hungry and get tighter, look better, do a little cardio on top of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Traditionally, the first week of someone's diet, for most people, I actually try to like overfeed them with yeah. all clean food. Like I think, okay, well, you know, they're, they're eating approximately this many calories. So I'll just start with that, uh, but all clean food. And almost every time they drop weight anyways. Yeah. So, you know, you're kind of like almost hitting the same calories as when they were, you know, eating shit, but they're just, their food volumes up there. It's all clean. And, and next thing you know, they're like, Oh, I lost two pounds my first week. And you're like, yeah, you lost two pounds on like 500 grams of carbs. Yeah. Cause you're not eating the, this. There's not, not all this shit, hidden fats and everything, all the deep fried food and all that is all cut out. You know, the, the carb macros are actually the same and the proteins actually higher. It's just all the kind of the, you know, the shit is gone. So sometimes that's the best way to do. It. You don't even really have to cut cow or cut like, you know, macros at all. You just, just kind of transition to clean food and nine times out of 10, they can hardly eat it all. Yeah. Well, I think that's you know? the big factors. I don't think most people realize truthfully how overboard they were eating when they were eating whatever. Like right. they don't realize that that meal they just ate was 2,200 calories. So like you said, just by, I mean, even if you eat screw macros, if you put them on a large amount of food that's clean. Yeah, just large amount start, of food. And yeah. And they start moving, they're, they're <laughs> on their way. And I, I like to do that. I have clients when they come to me, um, I have them send the diet out the gate, like even if we're starting off season. And I tweak it just a little. But I also know that most people, most people, and this is a fact <laughs> found, don't follow the diet they send me as good as they think they do. So when I just tweak it a little, but now they're paying me and they're executing, a lot of change happens. <laughs> and I'll tell them up front, like when I send it, I say, hey, before you freak out when you read this diet, it's very similar to what you sent me. I don't want you to think you paid me to send you back your diet. Yeah. Just trust me. I'm, I'm having your body talk to me. You know what I mean? And then I right. make a little tweak and then it talks to me some more and a little tweak. I think a lot of people that like the guy who asked this question, their knee jerk is to take way, go way too low, way too fast. Yes. You know, so yep. it's easier to start high and work your way down than it is to bury your calories, screw your metabolism. And I don't mean long term and I'm not somebody who believes the body is this delicate flower, but you're much better off to ease it down and say, oh, I was a little more food than I should have. Let me go a little further. Because I, th I see people, they, right. they'll send me their, I, I think I'm starting to prep and they, they send me their diet. And I'm like, 
So you went from dead nuts off season to 150 grams of carbs on day one. What? Right. Where, where do you plan on you going go in the next 16 weeks? <laughs> like, so that's a solid question for sure. Okay. Do we you have got another one lined really up? Really solid ones. Do we have any more really solid ones? I've go I've on got top. one that uh, I've got one that I that I, I'm not really an expert on because I've never really had many problems. Um, you mean in general, like in life, life, you haven't had many problems? Yeah, there's no problems. <laughs> it says, how, how can bodybuilders keep their gut digestion, gut and digestion in better health? And I just sort of have always just digested all my food pretty good. I haven't had very many problems. I, I hear people having all these like issues with digestion and I get people sometimes that while they're prepping, they'll message me and go, I haven't shit in three days. And I look at their diet and I'm just like, huh, where, where's all this food going? They're eating, you know, all the normal foods. They're not like, it's not like they're rammed with fiber and starved of carbs and there's no water in their GI or anything like that. It's, there's just no reason that I can see for, you know, but they got to like mess around with pro, pro, um, you know, uh, um, probiotics. what's the word? Probiotics. Pro, pro, probiotics. I was yeah. gonna say probiotics, and I was like, it sounds like a robotic term. <laughs> um, yeah, probiotics and 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 enzymes and all that sort of stuff. And I've just never really had any any gut problems of any kind. But uh, what do you think, Dusty? Uh, you know, I felt. I mean, I fall into the same category as you. Um, but I think the first thing that I ask people to do if they think they're having drastic gut problems is do a food allergy test. Um, because oftentimes it's, it's very common, actually some of some staple bodybuilding foods are an issue. I had a guy just barely, we, I told him to do a, a food uh, allergy test. And I said, sometimes man, it's, it's eggs, it's, it's peanut butter or whatever. So he ordered it and then just knee jerk. The next day he pulled the peanut butter and put almonds in and then he left it. And in two days he goes, "Never mind, we're good. Nice. Yeah. Like, so it can be that simple. One little thing. Um, so I don't, I, I do not knee jerk start jamming probiotics and enzymes and all that over the top. Um, I am a believer in enzymes. The only thing that I suggest with something like that is I, I tell people to start out like two or three a day with your biggest meals, just take them and see. Um, but being completely honest, it's never been an issue and I've never finished a bottle of enzymes in my entire life. So, right. <laughs> you know, very similar thing. I also think you can't ignore how you feel. It blows my mind how many people, if I eat something, I know, like I have, you know, okay, I just had red sauce and all of a sudden I have acid issues. Okay. Red sauce. Don't eat red sauce anymore. Done. Like, right. <laughs> I don't know why that's difficult for some people, because if you're eating very exact and you pay attention to how you feel all day long, Usually the answer is in the question. You're like, oh, so every morning at 8 a.m. you start having stomach problems? Yeah. And you ate the eggs at 6? Yeah. You didn't wake up at 6 with right. a problem, did you? No. Okay, so you ate eggs and oatmeal. Which one do you think it is? You know what I mean? Okay, try that one. Didn't right. work? Okay, flip the other one. Okay, there we go. Right. <laughs> you know, so work backwards. Right. It's pretty simple. What do you think, Scott? Do you have anything you would suggest a little more advanced than Run our back to basic bullshit. No, I think that's that's where to start. And you know what, too? I think that, yeah, like if you look at a diet and that there are going to be some foods that are probably going to be, 
you know, potential culprits, what you said, like pull them out. If you think it, you know, even if you don't know, like, hey, it's somewhere in my diet, we can look at like, okay, well, we've got eggs here, maybe whatever, whatever else somebody's eating that could be, you know, maybe beef could be something that could be a little tougher for some people. Oats. I found some people that have issues with oats, some people that have issues with sweet potatoes. So, you know, you just maybe toggle those things out and eliminate one of them. Give it a couple of days. See how it goes. No change. Maybe add that one back in. Pull something else out. I think that's one route to go. But, you know, I feel like for me, where I had had digestive issues was eating the same thing over and over and over again. Like I developed an egg allergy because I was drinking liquid egg whites like twice a day. Plus, I was eating cooked eggs on top of that. And my system could only handle so much before, like, it literally just started running right through me. And then I realized, oh, I can't do that anymore. So I kind of, I feel like I abused the egg whites. You know what I mean? <laughs> the simplicity of it yeah. was, was too easy to, uh, to to run with. Yeah. And I, and I think that, like, we get in that bodybuilding mentality of, like, okay, I'm just going to eat chicken and rice, chicken and rice, chicken and rice. And eventually, like, you just can't stomach chicken anymore because you've eaten it 10,000 times, cooked the exact same way with the exact same seasoning. So I feel like if we can try to, in the off season, even if you don't want to add variety, add a little bit of variety. I think that that helps. Um, that, that would be where I'd start. To, and that when I speak of that, that's like how I would say avoid issues down the road. Because, you know, down the road, you may be, it, we're going to jam a lot of food in your system and something could fail. I will say this too, like Ron, you not having digestive issues, I could speculate that that in itself could be uh, a, like genetics for bodybuilding. Like when we talk about like somebody who has good genetics, right. hey, I'd say somebody who's digest who has great digestion, we could call that a genetic, you know? Sure. That's on the equalizer. I talk about bodybuilding genetics as being like a, like a stereo equalizer that has like 20 different things you can move. Yeah. You know, and yep. we say, well, you know, resistance to injury, that's one. Yeah. And ability to build muscle and ability to get, sh you know, shredded and ability to recover between workouts. So you can train more and, you know, all those things and absorbing food and response to drugs. And, and then there's also genetics like, size of your joints in relation to your muscle bellies and yep. so there's all these different genetics and and that's why i would always get frustrated when people would say like you know flex wheeler has the best genetics and dorian has shitty genetics i'd be like you don't understand what you're talking about at all you know nothing <laughs> about what just came out of your so fucking badly. mouth <laughs> like you know what i mean so um yeah it's it's there's a lot of different ways to have you know good bodybuilding genetics you know you could just be really resilient in the gym and never get hurt. And then you can just blunt force trauma your way to a physique. You yeah. Know, Dusty. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I was so pointed. I had to say thank you. That was good. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny so, you know, there, with there's that run with, uh, with branch. I've had people say that like, I mean, he just has a terrible physique and I pull up like an early career shot and I'm like, what part of this is terrible? Because it's flawless. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny. I, I remember, I remember, I'll never forget one of my favorite bodybuilding shows I ever saw was I got front row, like very front row ticket 
to the 2017 Arnold, I think it was, when mm-hmm. Dexter beat Branch. Right. I think it was 2016 or 17. Anyways, long story short, I had, a sh- I had like a shit ticket at the back. I had two tickets. And I was going to the show by myself. And I see this, I see this dude I know, and we're all talking. And he's like, man, I fucking, I need a ticket for my wife real bad. And I was like, oh, well, what do you have? And he goes, well, I have this one ticket, but I don't have one for my wife. And I was like, well, I have two tickets. And he goes, oh. And he looked at them, and he goes, these are good enough. And he just handed me his ticket and walked away. Yeah. And then I, I was, I didn't even know where it was. And I'm walking into the venue, and I show it to the lady. And she goes, oh, you're right down the middle aisle, right yes. to the front. And then I look at the ticket. When you and hit it says the like, wall hey. of the stage, turn yeah, right. Yeah, it says, <laughs> it, says, it says like 1-1-A-A-A. Yes. Like, oh, fuck. I didn't even realize how good this ticket was. I'm walking to the front, and I walk past Dorian Yates. <laughs> yes. Move your like, head, Ron. I, I can't better, see. I'm like, I have a better seat than Dorian. And then the best part, I walked past the judges. Yep. Sat in front of the judges' table in the front That's row. That's so everyone cool, in my man. Row, everyone in my row had a suit on, and I'm wearing a Gasp t-shirt. Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> I represent. sat there by myself, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best. Like, literally, I have the best ticket in the whole fucking room. That's like, so this, cool. This is fucking, I didn't even realize. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, this is like someone's going to come and ask me to Yeah, leave. yeah. Oh, we got the wrong seat, <laughs> sir. I, and then I, I thought someone was going to come and go, you know, like whatever the guy's name was, like, hey, this seat's for Gary. Yeah. You know, right. Right. Hey, this How come you're here? You know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I just sat there. And then I remember Branch coming out and him and Dexter doing quarter turns in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember having an all new appreciation for Branch's quarter turns after that. Cause I thought he, I thought he was going to win cause he was so fucking hard, like ridiculous, yeah. disgusting cement. And, uh, and I just remember leaving that show and this was like a later version of Branch too, like 2016, 2017. I can't remember what year, but I remember thinking like all the people that say he doesn't have good shape and genetics fucking are just crazy. They've like, apparently you know, never he seen out, him like this. Yeah, he outtrained his bad genetics. And I'm like, oh no, man. From the front row, <laughs> that's not what that is <laughs> at all. <laughs> he maximized his phenomenal genetics, you mean? <laughs> yeah, he maximized his ability to look like a fucking freak with a tiny waist from the side. It was awesome. So okay. Um I got a few more. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. You're doing good Donna's for time. Good to go. She's told. Do you have another? Do you have another one, Scott? I, I don't. I don't have any more. I I pulled Ron, all the. You with your goods. What is here's here's one because it's Halloween week. Yes. We're gonna re, we're gonna come full circle. We started with the horror movies. We're gonna go to this. What is the best Halloween costume you've ever you've ever used? Hmm. Oh, that I've ever used. Never been creative my entire life. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've never had like I've never had like a really like you know somebody comes in and you're like that's the guy mm-hmm. he's got the thing right. like my like my favorite that I have seen and it was the timing is everything so it's it's not that it was just the, the the costume but it was the timing of it 
was uh, a right. guy came to a Halloween party as Rex Quando from Napoleon Dynamite one year, and as soon as he walked in, I lost it. That's good. Like just, I mean, it was perfect, and he was even talking like it the entire time. Yeah, and I'm like, this guy's oh, in no. character. It was, it was flawless. Did he have the U S? He had the USA pants. Did he have the USA the baggies? Pants? Is that yeah, what he's wearing a round hit kick to the head, and these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> he's just walking around no, doing quotes don't. all night. Oh God, bow to your sensei. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was my that was the best that where just like i said it was timing was everything because that movie came out and yeah i mean he had to have been like that's what i'm doing and then just jumped on it so it was flawless yeah that's funny what about I've, you scott i've got no like real good ones but i i can think of a guy that i work with adrian who uh he would actually tell me like, like we got him into pretty good shape at one point. And then he was like, you know, man, I, I don't really want to be small. Like I, I, cause he's not a huge guy. He was like, I don't really care about being ripped. I just want to like, look as big as I can for my Halloween costume. That's what he told me. So we literally had planned a couple years in a row. Like, all right, we got to make sure that you're like really stretching your shirt out by, you know, the end of October. And he has sent me pictures where he's like invested in this stuff. Like, I don't even know what it was, but it was like this cyborg creature with like, maybe it was like a Terminator thing and the eye socket. It's not the Terminator, but it's like something else. And there's like these things that yeah, light yeah. up and it's all like an implant on your face. And he's got like the Torrent t-shirt and he's looking jacked in it. It's uh, I've seen guys who've done some incredible stuff. In fact, there there's this group this guy that I know on Facebook, he, he calls himself like, I think it was like the muscle nerds. And he started this convention. He's going to kill me for not remembering the name of it. But they, they started like this crossover of like, you know, Ron, you know what cosplay is, right? Where they oh, dress yeah, up. Yeah, and, yeah. They dress up. And, well, they do yeah. like this, this, oh, shit, cross is crossfit i don't know it's like this you you had to be jacked and they had like a contest where you would actually like go out there as wolverine and you'd like hit some so poses yeah right, you hit some right. poses and you like you know do all the stuff and they actually judged it and uh it, it and, and this was down in somewhere in the south i think georgia but they made a whole documentary about it too it was pretty cool so i've seen some fitness stuff that's pretty cool i've never done anything like that the Wrong. the cosplay stuff is I I I think those people are so awesome for being so dedicated to those costumes. Like I follow some cosplay people on my Instagram. Yeah, and they put like they are amazing. Like they're some of them make their own weapons. Oh yeah, so it looks exactly like the movie. Like and they have like they're unbelievable at making this stuff. And what they use to make it, it is pretty crazy. You know what I mean? They'll, they can turn anything into a costume. Um, my my best costume ever was an Indiana Jones costume that I went as one year because nice. I had a real bull. I had a real bullwhip, and I had a you know fedora hat, and I had the, the right color shirt, and I just it was perfect. I looked exactly like Indiana Jones. And uh, I, I won a prize for that one. The real, the real bullwhip put them over the end. Not many people had access to a real bullwhip, huh. but we just had one laying around on the farm, you know, just hanging up in my dad's closet. <laughs> like, hey, can I borrow the bullwhip? And he's like, yeah, bring it back. You know, sure. Don't hit anybody she, she okay with it. With this, <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember. All my dad said was, "Don't actually use it because it'll rip somebody's skin open." 
Oh. Right? Like if you crack that whip and it hits somebody, it'll fucking split them wide open. There'll be blood everywhere. He's like, don't, don't use the whip. He's like, you know, those are for whipping. Like they crack loud. And if you're on the end of that, when it cracks, it'll fucking hurt like a motherfucker. So he told me just keep it. Don't, don't let anybody go snapping it around. You know, I might've gone outside at lunchtime and given it some cracks. For <laughs> yeah, this, this, is not, this is not a toy, Ron. This is not a toy. Yeah. 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 You bet. Fun Here, times. Here's the, uh, here's the, the picture for that movie. And it was Quest of the Muscle Nerd. That's what it was called. It is really funny. Quest it was a documentary. The, oh my god! Yeah, they did a whole documentary on it. Look at the He Man. That was a good He Man. Yeah, there was a. I forget his name. It was an IFBB pro. Ron, you saw um, Raising the Bar. You remember oh, yeah, Vic, yeah. Victor Del Campo, who was yeah Dave Polsonella's friend. Yeah. He's he was in the movie. He got into it. In fact, here's here's a picture of him right here. Uh, this is Victor in the torn shirt, uh, getting getting dressed up as Wolverine. <laughs> and now, and now, I'm a, down, guys. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 now I hate to say it, but I'm like such an I'm such a Halloween buzzkill now. I don't even dress up. You, you know could I mean? too. Like you, I, I mean, I dress up and I'd be here in my basement. You go to the gym actually, so like you could do something with it, you know. I'm, I'm with you, Scott. I did like, go to oh, a. I look awesome in the living room. I did go to a. I did go to a staff party once. I remember, you know, when you we used to go and rent costumes for yeah. the bar, mm -hmm. you know, because just we'd go as a group, like a bunch of us would go, and we'd go down to the costume rental place. We just find whatever, you know what I mean? And I was like 300 plus. I couldn't find any fucking costumes to fit. You know, they got all these costumes hanging up and I'm like, none of these fit. The only thing that fit was any sort of robe based costume. <laughs> I was going to say, Ron has been a nun seven times. <laughs> so I was a medieval priest, like with like the really Dude. tall, like oh, wow. old hat and a big robe and a giant cross around my neck. Terrifying. And uh, I I thought, yeah, well, it was, For many it reasons. was really, yeah. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very creepy and unsettling to walk around with a giant cross hanging around my neck all night. I was waiting for it to burn me and in the slightly right through my robe. Slightly afraid of lightning that night or no? Yeah. <laughs> slightly afraid. Slightly afraid. Okay. That's good stuff. Okay. That's all I got, guys. Wait, I, I got something I for you. Harvey's done. I got, got something for you guys. Yeah, I actually, I just thought about this. I, I got a He's Halloween costume for both of you. Hold on, just a second. Oh, I forgot all about this. So I picked this up. At He's, a I bet it's a leather. Store. It's I bet it's a leather jacket with I got sunglasses it for free and in a second hand and a desert story, eagle right? with a laser scope on it. He's a Terminator. Here he comes. What's up, my little Hulk of oh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Take your vitamins. Work out. Say your prayers. Oh, Say your prayers. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-two inch pythons. The entire episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> those masks. I could never do those masks. Like you had that on for ten seconds, and it was brutal. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got this in. Uh, I got this in Ontario from a thrift store. I couldn't. It, I got it for free. Because Victoria looked like Brooke Shields, according to the old guy who owned the place. I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. I had to take it home with me. Oh, it's free. I'll take it. I need this. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I did you know, that. I, I always I always wanted to do Ultimate Warrior, but I Oh guess. yeah. 
you know, it, it, I was never in contest shape at, during Halloween. So it just, right. Cause I'm not going, I'm not putting those t- trunks on off season. There's no way. <laughs> Thank you for knowing. So, okay. Okay. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for all their questions. I got a whole bunch left, so I'll do those on my Instagram. Just like you, Dusty. Isn't that how you do it? Yes. Okay. Every time. Okay. Okay. So remember to like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. There you go. And, uh, you know, please don't hate on us too much for anything we may or might not have said in the episode, you know, but put them in below, put them below. There you you, go. But hate, hate as a comment because it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So everyone in, in, enjoy your Halloween and uh, watch some scary movies this week. I might watch Squid Games because I heard so much about it, good and bad, which makes me curious. So I think that I'm going to watch Squid Games this week for Halloween. That's my goal. You guys got anything lined up? No, I got to watch one. My curiosity, my, my curiosity was already answered on the Dave Chappelle thing. So we're good. Awesome. Definitely worth watching. It was worth watching. Yes. Yes. It was good. It was good. It was good. You know what? One comment about Chappelle, people are talking about all his Netflix specials, right? You got to go and watch the Letterman interview. On Netflix, because Letterman has that has that new show, right? My next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman, right. and one of the most recent episodes is Dave Chappelle. And when you watch that interview, which I just watched last night, it's from before the latest special, right? But when you watch that interview, having watched the latest special, it 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 just says there's so much more to Dave than people realize. Dave, Dave Chappelle is. He's, he's such a, a, well, such a decent human being and, and such a beast, like oh, yeah. with how he sees the world and how he sees people. And I don't see, if you watch the Letterman interview, I don't see how anyone cannot like Dave Chappelle after watching the Letterman interview. And if you don't like Dave Chappelle after watching the Letterman interview, there's something fucking wrong with you. Because hmm. he is awesome. I love it. Yeah, seriously, it's great. So watch the Letterman interview with Chappelle. They go to his house in Ohio. It's pretty cool. So uh, anyways, that's my wisdom I'm leaving you with. Thanks, everybody. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, He had a vision of offering high-quality, third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. 